Shazam! Ahoy, everyone! I'm Combo Hunter, also known as Just Hunter. Shazam! Hello there! I'm Mr. <laughs> the Flash, but you can call me JD. That wasn't planned. And welcome to A Hero <laughs> Story, episode 42. For those of you just joining us on A Hero Story, Hero Story is a superhero podcast all about Marvel and DC comics, uh, TV shows, movies, video games, just everything. Usually, we stick to the mostly comic stuff. We talk about the comics of the week, but before we do that, we talk about all the news superhero news that came out this week for example like if someone got casted as batman which fortunately hasn't happened yet we'll talk about that but uh this week actually it is not april yet but we got the chance to see shazam early thanks to a company which i forget the name of Fanago. Uh, yeah that fanago and so we both live in different countries but we both had theaters near us that was playing the movie so we actually just got out of the theaters uh i literally just got home jd's been home for a few hours i guess but uh we're here to review shazam for you our first reactions i have no idea what jd thought of it and i he doesn't know what i thought of it so what we do for our movie reviews is we go over the good the bad and the nerdy kind of thing so we'll talk about the good stuff first then the bad stuff and then all the references and stuff like that no spoilers so if you haven't seen the movie you are okay to listen we might reveal minor things here and there but nothing that'll spoil the plot nothing that'll spoil like huge moments it's all good. So yeah, uh, JD, you want to start with what do you think of Shazam? Uh, I really liked it. I mean, this is, of course, just initial reactions. I, I don't love to judge a movie like straight out the theater because, well, I think back to the days of Justice League and I shudder a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Same. But, uh, but no, I really liked it. I, I really thought the uh, tone was good. And uh, like I heard people calling like, oh, I felt like this was an MCU movie. I didn't, I didn't feel like that. I didn't feel like that with Aquaman either. I feel like... Uh, the tone that Aquaman and Shazam have had have been good for the most part, at least. I thought it been good, and if that's the future of DC films, then I'm very happy with that. And I thought Shazam really embodied what makes a superhero film great. You know, the kind of lightheartedness, like uh, Christopher Reeve Superman in a way. Yeah, a lot of people are comparing this movie to that, and it is kind of similar. It's very, very lighthearted. I would even compare this to before the MCU kind of superhero movies, but in a good way. So like Spider-Man. Kind of like Spider-Man 1, yeah. Yeah, it was very much Spider-Man 1 from like the the tone of it. It's very like, hey, it's like serious here, but it's really funny here. And it's just very lighthearted. And they even have the orchestra music every once in a while. So it's very, yeah. I feel like if this came out in the early 2000s, like it would be totally acceptable and people wouldn't like think of it any different than yeah. today. Uh, I guess we're just kind of going to ad-lib some good parts. Uh, the casting, I think the casting for every character was good in perfect. this movie. Yep, yeah, that was perfect. <laughs> I, uh, right out of the theater, I went into my comic box and grabbed, I think it was Shazam, either one, number one, number two, number three, the new series. And I was just like looking at it like, wow, they really did a good job with the casting. Cause, oh, yeah. uh, the new Shazam series by Jeff Johns has been, I mean, it's only three years in, but it's been focused on the shazam -ily. So mm -hmm. it, it was nice just to look right down at it and be like, yeah, they, they really nailed it. Yeah, exactly. Like, even Billy Batson, he says Shazam and turns into Shazam. You don't really feel like, oh, that's another actor. Like, you just know that is Billy Batson as an adult and that's Billy Batson as a kid. You don't feel like their personality changes completely. Maybe a little bit at first, but it kind of goes well. Whatever Billy Batson's feeling is what Shazam's feeling. So it was really good in that way. Yeah, yeah. If we're gonna if we're gonna jump like straight into the good category, like I thought Zachary Levi was perfect as Shazam. Uh, I, I'm a big Shazam fan, and uh, I, I think on like the post 2011, post New 52 kind of characterization they've given the character, that's what Zachary Levi embodied. 
he, mm-hmm. he was, you know, just like the comic, just like the new 52 and just like what we've seen out of rebirth so far. Uh, he was perfect. Like the 15 year old in a grown man's body. Uh, a lot of people compared it to like uh, the movie big with Tom Hanks. And I totally agree. I haven't seen that movie. But I guess it's a, great, it's a great movie. It's great. Uh, the whole plot is Tom Hanks is a boy and he makes a wish with like a genie or something and he becomes an adult. And then him and his friend, who is still a kid, are like, you know, living an adult life. So he gets like oh, a apartment okay. and all that stuff and does adult stuff. It's, it, it's a lot like Shazam in a way. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of like Shazam with like Billy and Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman was great in this movie. He's not blonde, yeah. but he's really, really, really good. Uh, he was probably one of the joys of this movie. Kind of, I'd say he's a better Ned in spider-man homecoming in a way like he's just a fan of being like the helper the guy in the chair kind of thing but yeah i, th- I yeah. think they even call himself i think he even calls himself as like not really a spoiler he calls himself like the superhero manager and <laughs> he really is like the superhero's manager and it's really cool yeah he knows more about this cape crusader stuff than anyone else that billy <laughs> knows exactly. uh besides that there hmm any other good things sad um, I thought the script was really well done. Um, I thought the script worked better than the script worked for Aquaman. Okay. Uh, like, just like dialogue wise, I thought the dialogue felt very natural, felt very, I mean, I guess it's easier when you're writing for a kid to make it sound like what a kid would say, but I don't know. I thought, I thought it was really well done. The script. Yeah. Also the soundtrack is really good in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought the same thing. I, both like the music side and even the orchestral side, uh, I, I liked, you know, some of the songs that were playing and then some of the character in uh, introductions, like the sound, the soundtrack that was playing in the background, I thought was really well. Yeah, like the orchestra songs remind me of the original Spider-Man trilogy and then the soundtrack, it was totally different songs all over the place, but it worked for what scenes they're doing. Like there's Eminem, there's Bruno Mars, there's even Queen, like, but it worked. Yeah, yeah, that, that's uh, definitely something in my good category. The, the, the song they use for the Queen is... Um, don't stop me i believe it's called yeah don't uh, stop but it, it, yeah it, it's like a great montage like the entire like they play almost i probably like the entire song it's like a good like three or four minute scene i was smiling ear to ear the whole time that i love the way they did that whole montage it was great like a kind of like a training montage it was just like awesome yeah <laughs> feel like a kid in the theater <laughs> this is an origin movie so you can expect a training montage that is probably the best training montage i've seen in any movie ever yeah yeah i could definitely agree with that i mean you really like or at least superhero movie at least but like i I don't know just to watch him kind of like progress and kind of learn the powers a little bit and and the music just works so well like the kind of fast-paced music and the fast-paced scenes like it was it was it was really cool yeah this movie was very funny like i can't think of many jokes that didn't land like a lot of them were really funny yeah, there might have been like one or two where I was like, okay. I mean, you know, I, I've always been kind of anti-humor or at least anti, I don't know. I'm, I, people always tell me like I'm anti-humor with the uh, superhero movies. Like some of the MCU movies, I'm just sitting there straight faced the entire time. Yeah, it's all for me and you. But I thought most of the joke worked for this movie. Uh, they were genuinely funny or actually made me laugh out loud. Yeah. Like- they made like the theater laugh out loud. When Billy first gets his powers, it's just the first next half hour is just really funny of just, yeah. just kind of learning what to do and saying references here and there. And it, it's really good. Yeah. Uh, and and the, ba- the banter between uh, Shazam and Freddy, I thought was really well done and really funny at some points. Oh, yeah, definitely. And those judging, like saying they don't like the Shazam suit. It looks great like on the big screen i thought i thought so at least i thought the suit design is just it's really bright but you can see all the detail in it too 
and it just it works for the character the, the suit i'm kind of 50 50 on i don't know I, there's times where i'm like yeah it looks awesome like when he's in action and then there's times where he's standing still and i'm like eh i don't That's love fair. the design like i feel like it could be a little better but it, it's not like i hate it like like people call it like oh it looks like a cosplay it doesn't look like a cosplay you know it looks like a superhero costume a uh, you know a big budget superhero costume i just there's some things that i would change like the logo the way the logo looks i probably would have liked it a little more on an angle kind of like in the comics yeah yeah oh yeah where it kind of like ends at the hip instead of just going straight down yeah yeah it makes it more unique for sure uh there is a lot of um a lot of things shown in the trailer that they don't show in this so if you were like kind of eh, you know that trailer is okay there's they don't reveal a lot at all there's a lot in this movie that you would not expect there's a lot that you might hope will happen and it does end up happening don't get your hopes too high for like just <laughs> random things but there is a lot of stuff that's like oh i didn't expect that and like they don't show yeah. a lot in the trailer at all yeah david sandberg the director of the movie uh on twitter was like reminding because people were like oh my god you're showing too much and he was like nah like you you haven't seen you haven't even seen you know you've seen the tip of the iceberg that's it and he mm. wasn't kidding i mean the trailers don't give away anything about the plot uh and i actually i wasn't overly hyped from the trailers but once i got into the movie i was like yeah this is this is awesome like the trailers didn't do it justice but i understand why it didn't do it justice they were keeping the mystery alive which i love yeah which is something that i wish aquaman did they really like aquaman had like a five minute trailer at one point and they're like oh don't worry it's not revealing too much and okay sure but it did reveal a lot and yeah like like i think of that five minute trailer the one with uh where manta's chasing them through the rooftops like that's an awesome scene but i would have loved to see that in the theater for the first time like i watched that on youtube for the first time yeah exactly. third time, fourth time. <laughs> yeah shazam you don't have to suffer for that at all yeah yeah shazam definitely kept the magic alive for or the mystery alive rather mm-hmm. anything else for good um the supporting cast i mean i know we talked about like perfect casting but i thought the supporting cast was really good uh you really most of the foster kids like darla i think is the standout of the foster kids that aren't freddie and billy uh i would yeah. like to see a little more out of mary I liked Mary a lot. But yeah, I, I liked guess... what we got, but I would like to see a little more. And then um, Pedro, right? That's the the Asian kid? Or, uh, no, Pedro's the... Eugene? Eugene's the Asian kid, yeah. Uh, Eugene had like a few like actual funny jokes where I found myself laughing. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and pa- Pedro, pa- he's a little quiet. But that's what he is in the comics. Like He's a really yeah. shy kid, yeah. and so he didn't have many lines in this movie because he's playing a shy kid. Yeah, but when he did talk, like it was, it was cool. Yeah, no, I thought the supporting cast was really good, and even like the foster parents, I thought they were good oh, too. Yeah, absolutely. Were, like, the dad was hilarious. I found <laughs> there's a lot of yeah. dad jokes in this movie that I was <laughs> laughing at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I feel like a lot of these superhero movies, like they'll have a great superhero casting and a great side, like one great side character, but then the supporting cast around them is kind of weak. But mm-hmm. this one, I think, has a good cast all around. Like. I really, I mean, so far at least, you know, maybe I'll pander on this in the next few days, but like, I didn't think there was any miscasts where I was like, nah, they shouldn't have been in the role. Like, I feel like everybody nailed the role. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I could probably think of nothing else for like no bad casting. I mean, so yeah, I know what you mean by that. Um, yeah, like I just, I felt like there was good with the side characters. Yeah. The set alone is really good. Like the set where Billy gets his powers, the wizard's lair. I forget what yeah, it's called. Yeah, that, yeah, the, yeah, the, I mean, the Wizard's Lair. Yeah, that was awesome. The, the Ring of Eternity or something? No, the... The Rock of Eternity? 
Something think, like that. Rock I think Eternity, it's the Rocket Attorney, yeah. Oh, God, we're fake comic fans. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah, I swear no, I've read all the Shazam New 52. I've read Rebirth. Like. <laughs> it, it, it looks just like the, the comics do with the seven uh, deadly sins on yeah, the side, and, building up to like the wizard's chair and like the chairs all around it. Yeah, it, and, they actually made it look really cool. And it's not like they're acting in a green room. Like It's a real set, and you could tell for sure. It's really yeah. well made. It just looks yeah. awesome. Yeah, uh, another, another thing for the good category for me is the kind of like twist of uh, genres. So uh, not to compare too much to Spider-Man 1, but I, Sam Raimi definitely did this where you could blend comedy and drama into one. And like you keep going back and forth until it's really just like a double-edged sword and the audience doesn't know what to expect. I feel like this movie did this a lot because there were scenes where I found myself laughing out loud and there were scenes where I found myself like kind of like jumping uh, from like a jump scare or something like that <laughs> or like something that I didn't expect to happen yeah yeah definitely and, and they don't really like shy away from the violence with some of the scenes with the villain like there were some scenes where i was like "Ooh, that was kind of dark <laughs> yeah it was yeah there's some scenes where i'm like oh i think if i was a child i might have been a little frightened by that in a way <laughs> but i mean it's not much different from like dr octopus and spider-man 2 maybe yeah or green yeah, goblin I mean, I mean, and like Sam- sandberg directed uh annabelle creation so i was expecting some jump scares just like i won yeah and lights out he um, is a horror movie director so yeah James although Wan. i thought he did really good with the superhero movie so i'd like to see him like i don't know if shazam will get a sequel i don't know if it's gonna make enough money but i Hopefully. hope it does get a sequel i hope it does sandberg. too yeah i hope so too um that's like it's a great movie uh i don't know what else good i could add it besides like it's really good usually when we do these movie reviews like i i at least for me i try to list on my phone like the good the bad and the nerdy so we're so not do we're gonna do this more on the fly <laughs> um but yeah i mean there's a lot of good in this movie like i thought the majority of the movie is very good i thought pretty much everything was well done almost because we're going to the bad category now <laughs> uh anything <laughs> bad about this movie um, Dr. Savannah. Yeah. <laughs> not that he's necessarily bad. I just, he left more to be desired. Uh, I really like Mark Strong as an actor. I think back to him as, uh, like, like when he played Sinestro in the Green Lantern movie. He was like really intimidating in that role. So I thought he was really good. So I was hoping to see more of that out of Dr. Savannah. It's there sometimes in some scenes, but it's not overall. Like he's kind of a forgettable villain. Yeah, definitely. He's not like. Zod, or I'd even say uh, Ocean Master. He's more like not the Mandarin, but <laughs> Ares. Ares. Ares, yeah. I'd even say I liked Ares a little better than him. He's just kind of like forgettable. Yeah. yeah. He has like, he has like, like I can think of one scene where I found him very intimidating, and then the rest is kind of just like, all right, you know, he's doing his mission. But it, it's more of the focus on the heroes that make the movie, not the villain. Yeah, which like, isn't a bad thing, but it's nice to get a good villain. Like when I think of Ares, I imagine that scene where there's fire all around him and he's like having all the metal like turn into his armor. Uh, Savannah didn't have like a standing out scene to me, and like he's like from afar, he's a guy in a coat. Like he, he, he kind of looks like to me like um, <laughs> Gru from Despicable Me, like the bald. Oh big god, nose. he totally does. <laughs> <laughs> It's just Mark Strong in a black coat. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I was hoping for like a little more like Mark Strong Sinestro, like where you get that really like intimidating kind of like fear factor, but it's kind of just like he's there. So the villain's definitely the weakest part of the movie for me. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. That was like the main bad part. Uh, CGI isn't the greatest at times. 
and you could kind of tell. Uh, you know, I, I, I mean, maybe I'm just like not processing this enough. I thought the CGI was pretty good. Like, I thought the transformations uh, between like when the seven deadly sins like kind of appear uh, and like the way they use kind of like the dust factor, Infinity War, but the way, the way <laughs> they use the dust was like really cool. And I thought the CGI was good for that. The only moment of CGI where I thought was like bad or not that great was the bus, uh, the bus scene, which was actually in one of the commercials. I didn't think the CGI was great for that. Other than that, I liked the CGI. Yeah, I didn't think the CGI was great for that. I thought that the Seven Deadly Sins weren't the greatest CGI ever. It really? Kinda, okay. Yeah, I thought, like, okay, that's obviously, like, not a real thing. And also, uh, when Shazam goes fast, his super speed, it kind of, like, you don't see him go fast. You just kind of see, like, a streak of red, and uh, red, white, and yellow. And I thought that like eh, that doesn't look the greatest. I, you know, I saw, I saw a lot of people not liking that online. I kind of I dig it. You know, maybe because of the flash in me. But that's how I always pictured like how a live action flash would look. Like you kind of see the streak going by. Uh, I think I, the I lightning they... helps for flash. Like CW, I think looks a little better. Because <laughs> okay, like interesting, I, I I disagree, but it's cool. Because <laughs> like when you film that, so you have like him go to run, and then he like goes over to his place and stop, and they kind of edit like the streak in. For him, it's like you go there, you're like he does to do a little run, the streak appears, and then he stops so still. At least, like, for Flash, I know I'm comparing this to CW, this is awful of me, but for Flash, when he stops, he kind of like takes a few steps. Like, he, you know, he stops himself. Oops, I just kicked my wall. He kind of, <laughs> why am I trying to recreate this? But he kind of like stops himself while uh, Shazam just kind of like he just stands there when he's done running. I don't know. I thought that looked kind of interesting. I I mean, I didn't, I didn't mind it. I I don't want to dive like too far into spoilers, but like uh, towards the end, I thought there were some really great super speed uh, slash running scenes. Yes, um, I agree. That actually made me, that actually made me think like, wow, that's better than the flash in justice league. I mean, the way Ezra ran for those who've seen justice league, like his whole body was like kind of flinging to the side. He looked (laughs) just so awkward, but the way they do the running here, it looked like, you know yeah when they looked like they're running (laughs) because there was one scene where it's slow motion and you see them running you know and that scene looked great it's just when it's not slow motion it's just like i'm here now i'm there i just you know i thought i got better near the end though i feel like maybe the animators got used to it or something so i got a little better but just at the start i was like "Mm, you know it's okay the first time billy does it i think it's great because he hits something and it it shows him hit that blank spoiler <laughs> but later on when he's just like for the bus scene for example like you see in the trailer he sees the bus about to fall he runs and he just stops and I'm, i don't know these are very minor complaints though i'm going too much into it like these are very very minor things besides yeah. that i can't think of anything bad um I mean, at first I was going to say the way that, because uh, they kind of go over Billy's origin, like how him and his parents, be- or at least his mother, become disconnected. At first I was like, oh, that's really stupid, like how uh, they they kind of uh, lose each other. But then they, they explain it later in the movie, so it's not as stupid. Yeah, I thought that was like, huh? That doesn't yeah. really, yeah, I guess that could happen. But they also kind of changed his parents' origin. Yeah, his parents were divorced because... I mean, I was just reading uh, Shazam the other day. This is from, like, the 90s, The Power of Shazam, if anybody's ever read that one. Pretty good series. Uh, but his parents were, like, archaeologists, and then they discovered, like, the Black Adam stuff. But they were married, and they were working together as archaeologists. Yeah, yeah. I can't, th- I can't even... How are they in the New 52? They're together in the New 52, right? In the New 52, I'm pretty sure Billy doesn't even know. 
He's oh. at the point where he doesn't know. And in Rebirth right now, they're explaining. I mean, his dad like just showed up. Yeah, in one of the last issues, his dad just showed up. But yeah, and we haven't really heard much about who his dad is and everything. But his dad is not the dad that you see in Rebirth in this, unless that isn't his dad in Rebirth. But yeah, like I mean, I think I think it is his dad. But yeah, yeah, I, I got you. Um, it's very different. I, I feel like we missed a few for the good category. I was just thinking back. Um, I really love the way they did like the mythology of like the kind of the uh, gods and just the whole like uh, Shazam, the wizards mythology. I really thought that was dope. Like the way he was talking about it. Yeah, definitely. They kind of explained it. Like they showed the seven sins of man. And um, I guess this could save for the nerdy side. Yeah, yeah I awesome. think I know what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been saving it for um, the nerdy side. Yeah, uh, also for the good category, I thought the post credit scene, the first one, was good, even though I was hoping it was going to be something else, but it was still good. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess nerdy side, though? Yeah, so Yeah, the so these might be, we won't go into, like, spoilers, but if you don't want to know any, like, references or anything, we will go over very minor things. Nothing that will spoil the plot, nothing that will spoil your viewing. Just minor things here and there. For example, in the trailer, they show Freddie Freeman has a has a battering replica. He does in this movie. <laughs> like they didn't cut that out, so that's like a nerdy side, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they have like the the toy, which was also a commercial. He throws a Batman toy at Doctor Savannah. So they make DC merchandise. I think it was mostly Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. I didn't see any other heroes merchandise there. Yeah, I mean, it's just like real life. <laughs> I just want an Aquaman epic. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they kind of. Um, there's a lot of references. Freddie Freeman basically plays us. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably like superheroes, so he's playing you. Uh, yeah, he's just he really a superhero is. fan. Like he has posters on his wall. He has new pa- newspaper cut out of like Superman spotted in Metropolis. Superman saves like woman falling from building and. So he has all these posters up. He has the battering replica. Like I said, he's always wearing a superhero shirt or he has a, like a Superman backpack. He's wearing an Aquaman shirt at one point, Batman shirt, Superman shirt. Like he's us. Basically. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> so if you like superheroes, you'll love this character because he's just a huge fan. And that's why Billy needs help, needs his help because he knows all about this Cape Crusader stuff. um so the next one i want to go over like like hunter said if you don't want to know like you'd rather just see it in the theater uh it's not like a spoiler or anything but it's kind of just like a cool reference which could be built upon so just like mute for like 20 seconds or skip ahead 20 seconds but uh the wizard goes over the history of like you know him and his brothers the people that sat on the council of shazams i guess and uh they say they once had um like I don't even I don't remember the exact words they used, but they had like an the chosen one guy. Yeah, the chosen one, and uh, it's heavily implied and pretty much confirmed that it's Black Adam. So, yeah, really cool stuff. Twenty seconds. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you're if you're back, uh, mute again for twenty more seconds because I always want to say <laughs> something about that. Um, yeah, and it, they show like a little, almost like a construct in a way of uh, another person in just an M suit, just wrecking how, just like destroying cities and stuff, and. Obviously, that's yeah. Black Adam, and you even see a little bit of his face, and it looks like Dwayne Johnson. I didn't. I didn't look at the face. I didn't. Oh, realize it it's like Dwayne definitely Johnson. Dwayne Johnson. That's cool though. That's awesome though. Yeah, you could definitely tell that that's Dwayne Johnson, who was cast as Black Adam a long time ago, and yeah, uh, twenty fourteen. Yeah, yeah. So they're referencing. That was the only 
Black Adam reference, unfortunately. Yeah, that I, was I, really hoping, I was really hoping for the post-credit scene to be that. Oh, man, I was really hoping. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, there are two post-credit scenes. I guess we shouldn't give that away, but uh, if you read Rebirth, you might find something familiar. If you read Sajam yeah. Rebirth. But, uh, the first yeah. one is the, the first scene is the serious one. The second scene is the joking one, kind of like how the MCU does. Mm-hmm. But the second scene, if I'm not mistaken, that was in a TV spot. Like It was in a TV spot, before, so. yeah. Oh. What did I wait for? <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, okay, I've seen this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Um, there's a lot of references to other movies and stuff, too. I There's a Rocky reference, for example. Yeah, I mean, they're in Philadelphia, so I was yeah, expecting one. <laughs> Game of Thrones reference. I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I know they made a few. Yeah. Uh, Street Fighter reference, at one point. Yeah, and Mortal Kombat. Yeah, and Mortal Kombat, yeah. So there's quite a few references to just pop culture in general. Yeah, which, if, you're, if you like pop culture references, they make quite a few. Like even just Freddy and uh, Billy going back and forth, they make quite a few references. Mm-hmm. Um, there's kind of a cameo from another superhero. Kind uh, that, of. That, 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 I mean, I wanted to say it for the nerdy category, but it's also we are in the nerdy category. category. But I'm, but I'm saying like it's also for my bad category because like it annoyed me so much. It, yeah, we, uh, it's kind of like a spoiler, so we won't really talk about it, but there <sighs> it's is like a tease, and it's just like, kind of a cameo from another superhero. Kind of, like. It, it's basically like how the Walmart commercials are, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, that's not, it, basically, there is a superhero in this movie, but don't expect to don't see the actor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Nope. laughs> oh, well, uh, it was. Man, that, that, anno- that annoyed me. I really wanted to see it. Yeah, but I had a feeling. I mean, they, like, if you were on the rumors, they talked about this like. Months yeah, actually, ago. yeah, this was like during when it was filming. This rumor came out about a specific superhero appearing, and it was described. The scene was described on Reddit, and it was like everyone's like, "Oh, okay, I can see that happening." It actually happened. So whoever yeah. leaked that rumor must have been working on the movie because it happened. But yeah, yeah. For once, Reddit was right. Crazy. I know. <laughs> I was like, "Oh God, they that guy was right." Okay um yeah yeah that's anything else for the nerdy i'm trying to think of any other like references i caught um because there is a I lot mean, yeah the, i mean there's like a lot of like if you're a comic fan especially if you've been like 100 said you've been reading the rebirth run somebody's gonna show up they can be like oh yeah i recognize him so yeah keep your eyes peeled for that even um, like he, if, he shows up early and then he shows up later so but like the early one is like really quick yeah also uh, did you notice the annabelle doll no, I didn't. Is there an Annabelle doll in this? Yeah, it was really early on, like within the first fifteen minutes. Oh, okay. Ba- basically, basically right after they finished Savannah's origin, like the first scene after that is where the Annabelle doll showed up. It's like in the bottom left corner. Okay, cool. I'll have to look. It's, up it's, for that. it's funny. You you caught the one in Aquaman. I didn't. I caught the one in Shazam. You didn't. <laughs> yeah, for those who don't know, David Sandberg and James Wan, director of Shazam and the director of Aquaman, they're both horror movie directors, and they're heavily involved in the Conjuring universe. And, like, James Wan directed the first two Conjurings, which Annabelle appears in the first one. And David F. Sandberg did Annabelle Creation. So they kind of hide hidden things. So that scene in Aquaman where Arthur and Murrah first, first go to Murrah's ship that she hid in, like, the trash pile. You can see Annabelle's doll in that scene. Uh, now, I guess there's one in Shazam that I didn't catch. And I didn't even know about yeah, it. Yeah, it, so like cool. sh- it was on, like, a shelf. I think it was at, like, a toy store, maybe. Or I forget what the store was, but it was on a shelf, so... Okay, really cool. cool, really creepy. I caught it. <laughs> I didn't catch that. Did you know it was yeah. going to be in there? I, I had a feeling. I didn't like know it was confirmed, but I had a feeling since he he actually directed Annabelle Creation. But yeah, 
there's cool also oh i can find it. um so david s sandberg on his instagram uh he started posting day one of making this movie and he posted day one and there was like just a can of i think it was dr pepper am i wrong am yeah I, no, I think it was dr pepper yeah it, unless it's coke well, assuming it's Dr. Pepper, I could be very wrong. He posted day one, and it was a can of Dr. Pepper, and the entire time he was writing, which took months, he kept drinking Dr. Pepper, and he just had a pile of Dr. Pepper cans. In this movie, there is a pile of Dr. Pepper cans at one point, which I might believe could be David F. Sandberg's that he's <laughs> and, been collecting. And could be. Yeah, I could be just, like, way too much theorizing into this, but <laughs> it could be. I didn't notice any cameos from anyone in this movie for, like, mm. real people. No, not that I noticed. Yeah, because like the writer of Captain Marvel, well, one of the writers for Captain Marvel kind of turned Carol Danvers to Captain Marvel was in the movie Captain Marvel. Yeah, Kelly Kelly Sue was in it. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping like maybe Jeff would be in it. I mean, I know he's like an executive producer, but nah, he he wasn't in it. Yeah, that would have been cool. Oh well. Uh, there's a lot of references and stuff. I don't know what else to yeah, say. I mean, I mean the, the most of the nerdy side, it's like a million DCEU references. So, like, they reference Aquaman, they reference Batman, they reference Superman. Mm-hmm. I don't think they reference Super, Super uh, Wonder Woman, but uh, the end, like, the credits, like, not the credit scene, but the credits, they did, like, kind of like an animation of, like, drawings, and it is awesome. It's, like, really entertaining. And they show, like, uh, Aquaman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman. So, but it's, like, you know, funny yeah it's like, like as if a kid drew it yeah besides that um oh one more thing uh if you read new 52 shazam very short run very amazing run though jeff johns gary frank uh it is very there's a lot of scenes taken directly from that comic yes yeah, so like, like one directly one yeah, like one being specific, and this one's from the commercial, so not a spoiler. Uh, the ATM when they when they get the money out of it, it's like directly out of the comic. I think Hunter actually posted about it a while ago. Yeah, I did, and even like scenes like the whole gas station scene is very much like it too. Yeah, there's a scene yeah. in that. Even like, yeah, I, I can't really say much else without going into spoilers. But yeah, thank you, Zack Snyder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we well, <your> comic accuracy. <laughs> All it's right, like, so this is where. So now that we finished the good, the bad, and the nerdy, now we go over our brief overview and then our rating so do you want to go first or do you want me to go first i can go first um shazam is a movie that i thought was really good it's very joyful it reminds me of early 2000s movies if you do not like the current like mcu and dceu status go see this movie if you like the current mcu and dceu status still go see this movie because we needed <laughs> to make a lot of money so we could get a sequel because it definitely set up one in a way plus yeah. with a uh, black adam probably being filmed i'm gonna assume in 300 years from now uh, we will <laughs> finally get Black Adam versus Shazam on the big screen. Zachary Levi loves playing this character. I love watching him, so hopefully he will appear in a better Justice League one day and a sequel to Shazam. I will give this movie an 8.5 out of 10. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like this movie. Uh, I Actually, my mom came with me. Uh, she's a huge Zachary Levi fan. If you ever seen the sitcom Chuck, he's the star of it. She loves that, so she wanted to see this. My mom like doesn't even like superhero movies, so... 
that's how I knew like he really brought her out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but even even my, even my mom liked this movie and she doesn't really like superhero movies like this. Like she said she watched the first 15 minutes of Spider-Man Homecoming and was bored to tears. So <laughs> she uh, really liked this movie, which is cool. So even your mom's going to like it. Uh, but no, I, I really liked this movie. Uh, I, I really felt like it was in the DCEU, uh, whether, whether it be the tone or like kind of the slow-mo shots. And there were some really cool slow-mo shots, really good film moments. Uh, but it, it feels like the dcu in a good way and i think this is a bright spot for the dcu as i thought aquaman was a bright spot for the dceu and i hope we continue to get quality movies like that i think the solo movies have been the dceu's best by far so yeah and uh yeah like i said go see this movie because i wanted to make money even though i'm a little worried it's not going to make money uh sandwiched between captain marvel and endgame and it's also competing with the jordan peele f- uh film us i believe it's called yes so it's, it's gonna be it's gonna have a tough box office journey aquaman kind of had it easy because you know it had no competition other than like bumblebee so hopefully hopefully shazam makes some decent money uh for final rating i'm gonna go with i think i'm also gonna go 8.5 out of 10 that's just initial rating it could go down could go up but i really liked it and i'll probably be getting this one on blu-ray yeah i definitely want to see it again probably also, just uh, yeah, just gonna give a I quick mean, shout the, the, out. Like, oh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Us is really, really good, and go see it. Continue. <laughs> um, what I did for Captain Marvel, and what I, I guess I plan to do for the future of these uh, reviews. Uh, did it entertain me? Yes. Does it have rewatch value? Yes. I thought it did have rewatch value. So yeah, I'd say I the see, same I thing. see myself rewatching this one fairly soon one thing that i like to add to i guess i could just say this in the good this is a rare occurrence in a superhero movie where the third act is really good yeah yeah definitely so yeah definitely replay value for uh, sure. probably the third act is probably the best act in my opinion i think that's where everything starts to like the first act is a little slow but it builds it sets everything up and it really sets up the second and third act to perform well yeah definitely so. yeah that's Shazam. So I hope you go see it in theaters. Go, go support it. It's worth it. It's, you know, you won't be bored. You're, you'll be entertained the whole time. And apparently it's doing really well on Rotten Tomatoes, though Rotten Tomatoes means nothing. But I think it's at 97% yeah, as we're it recording. Is. So that's pretty crazy. So, yeah. Yeah, go, go see watch it when it's it. Make, make your own opinion. What, what, what do us two podcasters know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah so 33 mark. So yeah, that's uh, Shazam, and I guess we'll move on to the comics. I don't think we had any news to go over, right? I mean, James Gunn is back on Guardians of the Galaxy, but that happened kind of a while ago, but we just I don't think we talked about it. Yeah, because we back. already released the episode. He got fired and on fire, just like Peter Parker. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess we just go into comics just real quick. We'll just talk about a few of our favorites that came out this week and a few one of our unfavorites that came out this week um we talk in justice league uh number hold on 20 20 yeah thanks and batman number 67 a good and a bad comic batman's the bad one spoilers yeah uh <laughs> what do you want to talk about first good or bad let's talk about batman because i feel like we could talk over that fairly quickly uh considering it took me all of like a minute and a half to read <laughs> <laughs> this issue has no dialogue almost uh, well i mean it's got yeah it's got the dialogue doesn't start until like maybe like the third to last page i think and mm-hmm. uh it, i'm not saying it's bad because it has no dialogue because i think no dialogue issues can work i think back to i don't know if you read it did you read that man and robin in the new 52 yeah i did you remember the silent issue after damien died yep great issue that was like 
it was a great issue. I mean, Pete Massey. But I, I felt like that, that that worked because it was like it needed to be silent. Damien just died. It was so, sad. Yeah. But this was silent just to be silent. <laughs> like, I don't know. It felt kind of... Yeah, for those out of the loop, Tom King, the writer of Batman, he's made, doing this series right now, which is like seven issues of just the same arc. It's Batman dreaming. It's called Nightmares. It's Batman having bad dreams. So this is a dream sequence. Every issue for the next month now is a dream sequence so it's like none of these none of these mean anything none of these have consequences and this issue was just batman chasing a guy through yeah. gotham and there's no consequences there's no dialogue it's just batman chasing a guy in a hat it's like like I, like i i feel like tom king watched looney tunes and he watched like wiley e. coyote versus uh roadrunner and then he wrote this issue because <laughs> Like it's basically what it is. Just it's a great chase between Batman and a guy in a hat, and the guy in the hat has a mask on. Uh, they like go through rooftops. They go through uh, somebody's bedroom. They go through a bar. They fall downstairs. It's it's like an intense chase. But that being said, there's no dialogue, so I'm just like flip, 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 flip. <laughs> like yeah, that's the fastest I've ever gone through a single issue. Like I was like I was like I paid three, I was like I paid three ninety nine for that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I that crap! Minute. I paid money for this. I forgot. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so they they fall into a bar, and that's where the dialogue kind of starts. The bartender's like, "The world's the kick." He he can't get words out, which is uh, so entertaining. Thank you, Tom King. Very brilliant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Batman chases down the guy that he that he was chasing into like a sewer, and they fall through water. They fight a little bit in the water, and he rips off his mask, which reveals the Joker. And that's where like the inner dialogue talks about Wiley Coyote and uh, the Roadrunner, and uh, he asked him why, and with the murder, the chase, why, and all he did was smile and say, "Me, me." I just, what, why, why have a seven issue arc if you're gonna throw in fillers? Like, th- you could scrap this issue from the nightmares, and nobody would notice, right? Oh like, my god, that's a good point. <laughs> Yeah, the nightmares should have been a one to three max arc. I mean, I, I, I even, I mean, Tomasi's was technically five, right? Nine ninety four to nine ninety nine. That was kind of his nightmares. That mm. worked because there was things happening each issue, and not even that I loved nine ninety four through nine ninety eight, but the build up to nine ninety nine was worth it, and the like the fallout of what it was was worth it. Mm. But, but this like, was just, just one, like I don't. Know, I feel like just so far, nightmares doesn't have any stakes. Yeah, feel for it. Like at least with Tomasi's, I'm gonna call Tomasi's nightmares. Tompkins, Leslie Tompkins died. Alfred was injured. Like you were into it because you were like, "Yo, what the hell is going on?" And we didn't know it was a dream, too. Yeah, yeah, you didn't even know it was a dream. This one, you know, it's a dream. But like, I don't know. Like, honestly, you could skip this issue if if you haven't bought it yet and you're on the fence about it. Don't buy it. Like, it's it's not worth it to me to pay three ninety nine for a comic you to finish in a minute. Yeah, and I don't think it's gonna be worth it because at the end of Tomasi's dream sequence, Batman wakes up, he talks to his son Damien, which we haven't seen in a long time in the comics. Then he takes Leslie and Alfred up for dinner. It's like yeah, happy, but I feel like when Bruce wakes up from this, he's gonna get like punched in the face. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, we already know King is building up to a depressing number seventy five, so. You know, things aren't going to be getting better for him. Like at least the end of Tomasi's nightmare sequence, things are better. He's more he's more hopeful. He's reminded his cause. 
I don't know. This is why, I, like, when we finished nine ninety nine, I was like, yeah, this is already better than nightmares. <laughs> yeah, and this was a reminder. I don't know. I just, I'm not feeling this arc so far. I mean, obviously, I hope it builds to something better. But this issue is just such a throwaway issue. Like, it, it's rare that you could skip an entire issue in an arc. I mean, this is nightmares part five. Ugh, man, we're it still getting so the next I mean, issue's nightmares, and the one after that is also nightmares. So yeah, it I mean, just feels art, like filler. The art is nice. I'll give it that. The art is cool. It reminds me of like kind of. Classic uh, early Batman. Batman. Yeah, like yeah. Golden Age Batman in a way, the way Batman looks. But like, other than that, man, I don't know. I don't, I'm not feeling this issue. Me either. And I feel like Tom King wasn't feeling it either because the day before this came out, he was talking big on Batman 75. He's like, guys, uh, I'm leading up to this huge thing. Batman 75 is going to be huge. It's going to blow all your minds. And then the next day this came out, he's like, 75 is going to be big, guys. <laughs> like, but but doesn't that remind you of um, before the wedding, like when we hated issues like, what, 35 through 49? And he's like, don't worry, 50 is going to be huge. The wedding, it's going to be huge. The tie-ins, it's going to be huge. The invitations, it's going to be huge. And it wasn't. And then, <laughs> it, it, we hated it. <laughs> yeah, and I think Tom King knows we all hate him. <laughs> we, we, we had a whole, uh, what, like 20, no, like 25-page story or something like that on Catwoman's eyes. Yikes. Yeah. And I it's know, like, I just hope and she didn't even die. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, King, you can make what we all want, I think, is Batman to protect Gotham with his sidekicks and married to Catwoman. That's what I want, at least. I'm pretty sure a lot of fans would agree with that. I feel like even with King at the end, when at issue 100, if he has Batman marry Catwoman, it's like, okay, was that worth it? <laughs> like yay they're married but look what you just put us through <laughs> like, have you read uh infinite crisis the jeff johns book from like 2006 not in a while but yes i i have i, I just read it uh last like two days and um the superman of earth 2 you know the older superman he was yeah. talking to batman like of our earth and he showed batman a life where he's married to catwoman and that's when they have uh helena wayne who is the huntress of that earth i love and, her and like batman kind of like looked at that like looked at that dream with like awe like that's something he wants and i'm like damn it why why can't we ever get that in canon like just let that man be happy it doesn't mean like he's always got to be happy but like let him take a win every once in a while i mean does the do the dc editorial really think like nobody's gonna want to read a married batman i i I don't get the logic there yeah it's like it's okay like you could have a batman that goes out at night protects gotham gets all angry beats up criminals puts fear in the heart of villains but he could go home to a happy life like he could go yeah. home take off the cowl and like have damien hug him and have <laughs> selena like kiss him on the cheek he could go back to his back computer do some research but alpha could bring him tea and he could smile and say thank you and like he could have a happy life and he could I go mean, out as batman I mean, imagine something like Superman Rebirth by Tomasi and Gleason, where uh, like basically Superman and Clark Kent are very different lives. And I mean, obviously, you'd have to change with Batman, where the Batman life is much darker. But he, at the end of the day, Clark was happy. He had John. He had Lois. He had his property, his house. You know, mm-hmm. he had his cat. So like, why can't things? You know, and that was a great series. So it, it doesn't mean like heroes can't be happy. You know, the, the book could still remain quality even when a hero's happy. Just be, yeah, like Batman can be unhappy, but that doesn't mean Bruce Wayne has to be. 
So, yeah, uh, that, that's that's a perfect way to put it. I, I like that a lot. But I don't know. Thank Ed, you. <laughs> editorial doesn't seem to want to want him to be happy. I mean, I've seen plenty of uh, Dan Didio quotes about Batman being married and how it'll never happen. But <laughs> it can happen. You know. Like if Superman can marry Lois, if Wally can marry Linda, if Barry can marry Iris, if Arthur can marry Murrah, then Batman can marry Catwoman. Like, come on. Yeah. Doesn't mean he has to wear yeah. the ring over the glove. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and he, and even like the wedding doesn't have to be like that big a thing like i don't know i feel like it, the way they built up the wedding in 50 it, it was just going to be a disappointment anyway it ended right because they built it like there was so much pressure on number 50 to be good i mean i i look back at that and you can even look back at the podcast because we were recording all that in every episode we were like man i really hope 50 is worth it because these issues suck yeah <laughs> and if, then 50 wasn't worth it so our reaction if you want to check it out i forget what episode number it is but it's called ant-man and the wedding because we reviewed I think, it the day. I think it's episode 13 or something like that yeah reviewed it the day ant and the wasp came out so it's yeah. like, I feel like the wedding should be fairly big. I mean, even the 50 wedding wasn't even that big as far as, like, event goes. It was going to be Batman, Selena, Alfred, and... Yeah, but the, it, it also made no sense with the tie-ins, because... Yeah. The tie-ins, they set up that Clark was going to be the best man, right? And then they just threw that out the window. Like, it's not... It, it's like the tie-ins weren't even connected. Like, you didn't have to read one tie-in to understand how the wedding was going to go. Yeah, it's like Tom King. It's like DC's just like, hey, Tom King, so the wedding's coming out. We want to put some tie-ins. We're going to put some writers <laughs> on some tie-ins. He's like, oh, uh, okay. I, uh, 75 is going to be great. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I really do hope 75 is great, but I feel like Tom King great is not something that I would consider great. And I know Tom King has like a lot of passionate fans. And if you like this, I mean, good for you. I'm glad you're enjoying it. It's just Tom King's Batman doesn't work for me. I don't, I mean, he's had some good arcs. Don't get me wrong. You know, I look back to the early ones. I am Bane, uh, even war of jokes and riddles. I enjoyed for the most part, but like, even like one of my favorite Batman stories ever, I say top 10 Batman stories ever is rooftops. And that's written by Tom King. It's only two issues. Yeah. And I think it has no flaws. Like it's a really good story. It's probably like number yeah, it's like my favorite Tom King story. story. My favorite Tom King story is The Vision by yeah, I was about uh, to say, Tom it, King, it, which it is, doesn't pass The Vision for you. It's I a know Marvel it comic, <laughs> but I mean, he hasn't done that great for Batman yet. Granted, he's still until issue 105. But maybe, maybe it'll be good. I don't know. We just have to wait and see. I, I just, I just hope this nightmares leads to something better. Like we were talking about, Tomasi's nightmare has led to a better Batman. This one looks like it's going to be leading to a depressed Batman. And just like the way he talks about 75, like how it's really going to break Batman. Like, don't don't let him kill Alfred or something like that. Jeez, <laughs> oh, I hope not. He already Tom shot Dick Grayson. Like, <laughs> Rick. But yeah, uh, what, do, what do you rate the issue? Oh, no. <laughs> what we had of the issue. <laughs> this is probably like, a, you know what? I'm going to give the artist some credit. You did good. Yeah. Two out of ten. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm on the same page. I just the art was cool, but the issue is so skippable. Like, I mean, I'm a purist. Like, I have to have every issue with a run. But like, same. <laughs> but like, if I wasn't, I would not buy this issue. I would, I would skip it. It's just like you don't need this one. Yeah, Tom King, I, I hate you, but I'm gonna buy every issue of your <laughs> run. <laughs> Damn you, Tom King. Damn you. I already started. Right, I can't right. stop. That's Batman number sixty-seven. Don't check it out. <laughs> Not yep. check it out if you like. If you if you want to check it out, go ahead. Feel but, free to just know how, just know how we feel. Yeah. Uh, but that that moves us on to Justice League, which you should 20. check out. Yeah, I would say. Justice number twenty was pretty cool. Uh, this is the uh, arc about the sixth dimension. Yeah. Quick uh, recap. Yeah. Go ahead. Start first. Um, basically, 
What happened last day? How did they get here? Starman? Uh, Superman went through a portal. He decided. Yeah, there was to a go. portal. I'm trying to think of how that portal appeared. Didn't they use Mr. Mixaplex? Oh yeah, Mr. Mixipitalidic. The Superman <laughs> villain with like a very. I think that's how it's actually pronounced. Yeah, yeah. Mi- I think they explained it. Mixipitalidic. Uh, he's basically an uh, imp from the fifth dimension. Uh, dimensions are confusing. You know, the first dimension is a dot. The second dimension is a line. We're in third. We're currently in the third dimension. Um, basically, there's a fourth dimension which everyone strives to get to is time and space. This is real life stuff too. Then going on to DC, there's a fifth dimension which has things called imps, which are basically gods that could create whatever they want. One of them is called Mister Mi- Mixipilidic, and he is a Superman villain. And they basically capture him, and he opens a portal to what is known as the sixth dimension. Superman goes to the sixth dimension. A few minutes later, a future Superman comes out, being like, "Everyone, come on in!" And everyone he goes looks. Like, on he in. looks like the guy. Not to interrupt. He looks like the guy um, from Megamind with the white suit. Oh yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I think the design's really cool, though. It's oh, imagine it Superman it in a white and gold suit, but with a hood, white hair, but a dark, thick beard. And you know, that's basically it. <laughs> um, basically, this is well. We find out in this issue that the sixth dimension is basically the regular dimension but a bit in the future where there is no such thing as villains there are no evil there is no evil everything's at peace because a war apparently happened which snyder has been teasing being the justice versus doom war justice league wins and what happens it's eternal peace forever there is no such thing as violence it's everything everyone loves everyone and that's what the six dimension justice, six dimension universes is. So yeah, you want to recap? Yeah, yeah, and just uh, quickly, it actually kind of reminds me. Uh, I don't know if you, you've seen Justice League Unlimited, right? Uh, yeah. When the episode with the Justice Lords, uh, kind of oh, yeah, their yeah. world, where like they even like no, there's no pollution. They even mentioned in this issue, there's no pollution there. Like nobody litters. It, it's interesting. Like Gotham is a utopia. Yeah, basically. Oh, before you recap, should we just describe everyone? Yeah, it's so, like, so uh, it's like the league, you know, the Superman. Yeah, well, first off, we'll just say it's just like the current Justice League. So there's a f- future versions of Batman, Martian Manhunter, Hawkgirl, Wonder Woman, Superman, Flash, Green Lantern, John Stewart, and am I missing anyone? I don't think so. Yeah, they're all here. Yeah. So yeah, you want to so, just back and forward. Who's well, I, so ba- Batman kind of wears like a big uh, black coat and he's got a red logo and we find out later in the issue that he's Dick Grayson. So that's in legacy. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman wears uh, mostly red. She has red pants in this issue. One of her arms is like robotic almost. It's like she lost an arm and replaced with a robot arm. And it looks really cool. It's red. And she has white hair because this is in the future. So she's getting old, I guess. Yeah. Uh, John Stewart, the Green Lantern, is no longer the Green Lantern. He looks to be a White Lantern. Uh, he's obviously much older, visibly, but yeah, White Lantern, which is really cool, dope suit. Yeah, he's got the beard and he's bald. I think he lo- he is the best design out of all these characters. I'd say they yeah. all have good designs, though. Uh, yeah. uh, Martian Manhunter and Hawkgirl, they are married in this. They have a son who is like a marsh little boy Martian with the uh, wings. Martian Manhunter, he basically wears the same thing, except this cape is a bit more thicker. He has a thicker collar, and he wears red pants. And Hawk Girl wears kind of like white, blue, and black. Basically, she didn't change too much. Her helmet's pretty similar, but they're both clearly older. 
Yeah. And then uh, the Flash uh, kind of looks like Wally in a white suit, but he has like two auras around him. One that looks like Barry, one that looks like Wally, like current day. I and, actually, uh, I think he looks more like Bart. Oh, she yeah, has brown actually, hair. Yeah, the brown hair. You're right. You're right. But I, I meant more of like the Wally suit, like how yeah, his yeah. suit looks like with the cowl. But yeah, that's a good point. The brown hair. And it's like white and gold. It's actually a really dope suit. It is, yeah. It's weird how the auras of Barry and Wally go. I was this entire issue. I was looking for like a Bart name drop. Like, please say his name's Bart. That would that would have been cool. But they didn't say his name at all. They just called him Flash. So he yeah. acts kind of like Bart. I would say too. So I think yeah. it, it could be Bart. So yeah, this league looks yeah. awesome. Future league. Yeah. Also, everyone's kind of wearing white except for Batman. Yeah, which I guess makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we even get to like the sixth dimension, we get uh, Jaro's dream. <laughs> and I guess me and Hunter's dream too, because we've talked about this on the <laughs> podcast, actually. Uh, Jaro is in a dream where Batman is chasing down Deathstroke and he relies on his favorite son, <laughs> Jaro, who is wearing a Robin suit. <laughs> Jaro is a miniature Starro that lives in a jar who thinks Batman, Batman is his dad. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah he's robin which is um I, I think you go back like two or three weeks right didn't i say like oh i want to see him in a robin suit yeah scott you did. made it happen <laughs> yeah. thank you scott snyder very cool <laughs> um he well, helps take down De- he helps take down deathstroke before he's woken up by mara who's like jaro <laughs> and he's like what i, I-, I was awake the whole time <laughs> Oh, for those who don't know outside the sixth dimension on the regular earth the third dimension Murrah and starman are kind of watching over the hall of justice and mr M- mr mixy pilladick who is kind of just in a little cage and Starro's just kind of helping Murrah and starman yeah yeah uh so we get uh martian manhunter and hawk girl uh talking to the older versions of themselves and um hawk girl even talks about how she's like well we did have that one kiss kidding <laughs> like of how they end up getting married like i don't know the way they put it was kind of cringy but at the same time kind of funny yeah um but yeah so they have a kid which is still kind of weird to me because he's like he's a martian kid but he's got wings and just it looks weird but yeah um, i mean it's good art but yeah and barry barry and john are talking to the future versions of uh flash and green lantern who are <laughs> a white lantern rather who are at the star labs which it actually is like a really dope design of a building i mean it doesn't really make sense but it's, it looks cool it kind of reminds me of avengers tower in a way. yeah and uh they're they're remaking the multiverse uh they're building the multiverse like as they're speaking to them so it's really cool like rebuilding it's really cool and barry and john are like what you could just do that <laughs> yeah and they even call it like the ultimate architect job yeah which john was an architect so that's really cool yeah, it's good to see uh, that reference. Wonder Woman uh, goes to New Themyscira. With uh, where older it, Wonder Woman. With older Wonder Woman, yeah. Uh, that, that was implied. Uh, and they t- like after the war, because it was brutal there, the war in Themyscira, so they kind of had to rebuild everything. But uh, they introduced new Amazons, such as Vixen, which is yeah. Vixen, Kara, which is Supergirl, and Ivy, which um, Poison, Poison Ivy. Ivy. So, yeah. Poison Ivy never really wanted to be bad, so I dig it. Yeah, she's not dead. I would love to see art of Vixen, Kara, and Ivy in, like, Amazon uniforms. That would be cool. I don't think we're going to see it, but that would be cool. That would be, if anything, fan art, but that would be cool. I'd love to see a a scene of Ivy using her powers while, like, with a sword and shield in her. Actually, Ivy would probably work well with the Amazons because she has, like, a general distrust of mankind, so... Yeah, she definitely would. I, uh, Kara That's and Vixen are. Well, 
Kara always has like the Amazons have kind of always loved Supergirl, so it makes yeah. sense for her. Vixen's a cool choice since she has the power of animals, but Ivy would yeah. be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then we go to future Gotham City, which looks nothing like Gotham City. Why? Because, well, the sun's up and it's all white. And, well, that's not the Gotham City we know. We know it being all dark. Uh, <laughs> and Dick Grayson tells, goes, welcome to Gotham, Bruce. What do you think? And he just replies, it's bright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's like, that bright, fiery ball in the sky, it's called the sun, which is pretty funny. Yeah. Like I said, some uh, we've said this in past episodes. Some Scott Snyder jokes land, some don't. That one I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, it was um, we, we find out that Bruce paid the ultimate price during the war, and he laid down his life for a better Gotham. So, yeah, that's why Dick Grayson is the Batman and no longer Bruce. It was kind of interesting nice, to get yeah. that backstory. Uh, then we're back to uh, uh, Martian Manhunter and Hawkgirl, and their child comes up on, or their future child comes up on them, and uh, he says, uh, "You must, you mustn't tell them how you feel. You must flee now." And they're like, "What? What is it?" And he's like, "This place, these people—they're not what you think." Here, all, and then his light, his eyes like light up white, and uh, that's when Starman, uh, I guess, contacts them through. No, I or don't think so. Just, I think they're just oh, going to a next, next page. Scene. I think we, he he's a Martian, so he can show people visions of what he's seen. Mm-hmm. So I think he's showing Martian Manhunter and Hawkgirl a vision, but we don't know where that vision is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't show okay. it. Okay, my my confusion. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> we go to we go to Starman and Mera, who are looking at a giant Mister Mix, uh, like breaking out of the Hall of Justice. He like has a like name. Hundred feet tall. Yeah, I'll call him Mixy. Uh, <laughs> Okay. Then we see Lex Luthor and Brainiac, uh, and they're kind of just watching it all happen. And um, Brainiac even says that his power is incalculable about um, Mixie. And then uh, he says that a fifth dimensional imp has no limits and he's powerful as we are. The Legion of Doom can't quantify. <clears throat> uh, which Lex Luthor says that he's thinking in two dimensions and you got to use your imagination a little bit. And what if we had our own imp? And then he has a box which has like kind of a zigzag lightning logo and not sure what's in the box exactly what's in the box um and then the last scene is superman trying to escape and uh he's trying harder and harder and pushing himself more and more but he keeps falling shorter and shorter so kind of like a dark version uh, it kind of reminded me of when in the last bendis issue of superman when uh john was trying to escape the volcano oh yeah very much so. yeah yeah He's kind of in weird comparison, but have you ever seen the Disney movie Inside Out? When uh, oh, don't 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 remind me of Bing Bong's death. I'm about Joy to and Bing Bong are like in that dark area. It's kind of like that. Where he true, is. true story for the listeners of the podcast. I cried in the theater at Bing Bong's. Death I teared up. The, it, I was really emotional. I thought that was really sad. It was. <laughs> my, yeah. my sister never lets me live it down. She reminds me of it all the time. But yeah, that was a really sad death. But yeah, that, I could totally see that. Uh, and then the last panel is uh, future Superman with our Superman. And he says right here. So. Let's talk, Clark. Face to face with his future. That's the issue. Um, Next issue is the finale. This is only a three issue arc. Take notes, Tom King. I feel like this could have been longer, but you know. Yeah, I thought the same thing, but at least they're getting straight to the point. This issue was mostly kind of uh, a build up for next issue, which I'm okay with. It gave us a lot of background on what the sixth dimension is, and I thought it was really cool some of the ideas they had. I mean, I guess Scott Snyder and uh, Jorge Jimenez can kind of play around a little bit. They have a lot more freedom because this is a future that, you know, is perfect and won't happen. Yeah, exactly. 
this is a future also where the Justice versus Doom War happened and Justice won. Batman even yeah. asks at one point, he goes, where are the villains? And we don't see a reply because it cuts to the next scene. So maybe Batman might be suspicious. I can imagine that's already happening. Um, Justice versus Doom, that's a war, That's a storyline that Scott Snyder said is going to happen. And I believe he's teasing, he wants it to be issue 50. like the f- Yeah, yeah. Issue 50 on or probably leading up to 50 will be like the main point of the war. So the war is happening probably end of this year or like I'm going to say fall. Is when it will be starting? Math. <laughs> I mean, I mean, basically every arc has had something to do with the Justice versus Doom War. Like he's it's really, all, like, yeah. I mean, he explained it that he had the you know first fifty issues laid out and really first hundred issues like ideas laid out. So he knows what he's doing. He connects everything. So I, I respect it. You know, I don't like all of Scott Snyder's work, but I think he's doing a good job with the Justice League. He's doing a great job with Justice League. This is like, this is probably no, I wouldn't say on par with New Fifty Two Justice League, but it's pretty damn close. Like, it's good. Yeah, I mean, I think my favorite J, uh, Justice League run is JLA 97, and then second favorite is New 52, and then, I mean, this is already building its way to my third favorite. This I is mean, definitely my third, in, yeah. Up I feel like I, it has potential to be number one by issue 50, Justice versus Doom. That sounds awesome, but thing I wanted to add to that is this is a universe where Justice versus Doom happened and Justice won, and now everything is weird. What if that makes me feel like justice might lose the war, like in for like the real war? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I, actually, it would be cool because you know how we get the Legion of Doom issues every few issues. I, I would like to see a future or sixth dimension, whatever. Like if Lex and Brainiac are able to get their own imp to show them the sixth dimension, we see a future where Doom won. That'd be and what cool. The Earth looks like I, I actually and, like, wouldn't the fu- mind the future if Lex like... and the future Brainiac, right? That could be a cool issue. Yeah, because let's say the war ends at issue 50 what if doom wins and leading up to like 75 or 100 is like a post-apocalyptic world where the league is like just trying to find survivors i i definitely would not put that past snyder that sounds right on par with his writing if you look back at you know batman New 52 and stuff like that that would be metal. so cool if they have like bandanas and stuff <laughs> and <laughs> scarves and like sports tape like Oh, no. you're, you're thinking it's a zero year aren't you <laughs> kind of like imagine that but the entire world not just gotham yeah. i can see doom winning I'm, I'm putting my bet right now issue 42 or something of the podcast doom is gonna win the war let's place okay. my bet so yeah <laughs> what do you end with lex it's gonna end with lex luther snapping and then uh that's where we get to see the future world yeah bruce should have aimed for the head or i guess diana <laughs> should aim for the head yeah, she's the only one to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I rate the issue uh, probably an 8 out of 10. Actually, going over it, I liked it a lot more. I mean, when I read it, I was kind of like, all right, whatever, it's a setup. But looking back at it, I liked it a lot. I can just give it like a 8.5. I really like this issue. Maybe close to a 9. The art alone, like George Jims did the art, and he draws like probably the best Superman. So did, there, were quite, there were quite a few people complaining about him on Twitter. I mean, I, I don't love his faces sometimes, but overall, I like his art. I like his Superman art especially. Yeah, I mean, I understand that, but like, he draws a great Superman. He draws a Drake Hawk, a great Hawk Girl. I love the way he draws Batman's cape. He draws a good Green Lantern, like really good Green Lantern. Yeah, so, like, especially an issue like this. There's like so much background detail making the cities. Oh happen, yeah, the cities so. alone are incredible. Like Hawk, Hawk Girl, and Martian Manhunter. There's a scene where they're when they're talking and they're looking out on this area in the, on Earth where it's like, it's like a base used for ships to come and go. And you see a ship mm-hmm. leave at one point, and it's just, it's brilliantly drawn. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good issue. 
Yeah, dun, definitely dun, dun, good dun. I'll just quickly add uh, some other things that came out just really quickly. Uh, Avengers 17 came out. It was good. It was ending the vampire arc. Uh, Archimand number 46 came out. Holy crap. I didn't expect this whole Rick Grayson style story to be good but it actually is good and he's becoming aquaman like within the next issue or two so they're like really it, it, just it makes you it. It, it makes you wish the nightwing arc was better right like looking at that <laughs> yeah like it's like an amnesia arc but instead of being like oh i'm a i don't know who i am i guess oh well like he's like i don't know who i am and i gotta find out who i was and it, he's actually finding out so it's awesome uh, yeah. a new series came out called spider-man life story in the 60s they're doing this the next issue is spider-man life story in the 70s it's imagining what if Peter Parker was bitten by the radioactive spider, but it was in the 60s, which I know happened because he was made in the 60s, but what if it kept going? Imagine a modern storyline of Spider-Man in the 60s, and it's basically Peter Parker debating whether he should like go to war or not, because like Captain America's doing it, Iron Man's doing it, it's like, I have all this power, I can make a difference overseas, should I do it? It's really interesting, and I liked it a lot. Yeah, I, I, heard, a, I heard a lot of good things about it, so maybe I'll try to grab it on Wednesday, because... It's really good. The art alone is fantastic. Like it's, it's and, awesome. and it's not like a re, re like the new story, right? Yeah, there's, like it's not DC. canon. Yeah, all. but like when no. D, when DC did the um like in 2011, I think right before the new 52 started, they did like retroactive. So it was like the Flash 80s, the Flash 90s, and maybe the Flash 7. It might have been 70s, 80s, 90s, and it was just like kind of reprints of old stories. So yeah, this is a brand new story. It's just imagining what if Peter Parker was in the 60s and grew up in the 60s, and all his stories were in the 60s and it's like awesome. no no one really has any new costume changes like he still looks the same mysterio still looks the same green goblin still looks the same but it's just like what they regularly wear and like he goes to school in the 60s like he's a photographer in the 60s but he has like it's all tvs and everything everything's black and white and he kind of like even iron man and captain america are in this i know captain america's suit hasn't changed but iron man wears his original suit in this so it's cool mm-hmm. yeah cool yeah that's the show all right, perfect. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, we appreciate a five-star review. And I guess that's all about all that I got uh, for a Hero Story. I'm JD. I'm Hunter. And thanks for being a hero. And remember, every second is a gift. Shazam! Shazam!